Well, tonight, if this is your first time to our Wednesday night, we want to welcome you. And just to give you an overview, we're going to break up in just a little bit. And those who are going to be in here, we're going to be continuing in our series talking about being spirit-filled and spirit-led. And we're going to talk about letting the helper help. The Holy Spirit is called the helper, but sometimes we don't let the Holy Spirit, who wants to help us, help us. So that's what we want to talk about tonight. Some of you are going through the book of James, as well as going through the uh, marriage uh, teaching. And so I know you know where to go, and you can be dismissed right now. For us who are going to be in here, I want you to turn to Romans in your Bibles, Romans chapter 8. And what that will do is it will help you to follow along with what we're going to be talking about tonight. And Wednesday night is, our, Wednesday night is different than Sunday morning, if you notice. Sunday morning, we have a, a, the bulletin with the notes in them. And so if you were expecting to be here from Sunday, uh, and the, the notes being the same, it's, it's a little different. What we try to do on Wednesday night is equip the saints for the work of the ministry. In other words, we, we want you to grow a little bit more, put a little bit more effort into it uh, when it comes to a Wednesday night. It's the, mid, it's the middle of the week, and so this is the time where we gather together, worship God together, we give together, we, we learn together. And so when we take notes together, we can actually remember together. And so Romans chapter 8, we actually read it last week. And it's, it helps to give us a foundation on what we're going to be talking about regarding being spirit-filled and spirit-led. So I'm going to read from verses 1 through 14. It says, there, there, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity with God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then... Those who are, who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, so it's summing it all up. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. This is very important. We're not debtors to the flesh. To live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, 
These are sons of God. In other words, the Bible is giving us the basic principle of living this life for the, for the Lord. That our flesh is dying. I think we can all agree to that. Our bodies are dying. We don't live forever, but our spirit lives forever. So if you're following your flesh, you're already dead in your sin because you're following a dead thing. It's your flesh. However, if you're following your spirit, that lives on forever. And so God gives us an eternal spirit, and he says, so I want to fill you with my spirit so that you can be spirit-filled and then be spirit-led. Flesh begets flesh. In other words, human beings, we have human beings. But the spirit, the spirit of God, as the Bible says, spirit begets spirit. So when God's spirit dwells in us, now our spirit comes alive. And so we talked about last week, the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is called the helper. And the helper comes to help us. And so we're going to pray for that tonight. If you would bow your heads with me, we're going to pray specifically for that. Holy Spirit, we ask that as we learn more about you, that you would help us. And sometimes we need to just put ourselves on the side, put our flesh on the side, because that is what we usually follow. But not tonight, Lord. It's going to be a brand new night, a brand new season, a brand new choice that we're going to say no to the flesh and yes to your spirit so that as we're being spirit-filled, we can be spirit-led. And so let the spirit move in our hearts tonight that the helper can come and help us. And so we give you permission to do so. In Jesus' name we pray. And we said amen. Amen. So Romans chapter 8 talks about the Holy Spirit and the flesh. So we want to be guided by the Spirit. But what does that look like? How do, we, how do we live a life being guided by the Holy Spirit while still living in this flesh? How do we do that? Because we still have our emotion attached to us. We can come from church. We could have just read the Bible. And then something happens in our family or in our homes or at the workplace. Or you see something on TV or Facebook and then you just get, you know, all wild up. And now your flesh comes out. You feel that. And it's, it's like at that specific moment, you don't want the, the, the spirit to live. You, you almost feel like you want to follow your flesh because it's easier. But that's why Jesus came. He came to die so that our spirits can live. So that our flesh can be put to death. And then when Jesus was ascended into heaven, he said, I will send you the helper. I'm sure we all need a helper. We use helpers all the time. And if we don't need a helper, you're going to need a helper usually when you cannot do it on your own. That's usually when you're going to ask for help. Normally, we don't ask for help if we can do it by ourselves. You don't need help to tie your shoes. You don't need help to put on your socks unless you're injured or you can't reach your socks. You're going to ask for help. You're going to ask for help when you are limited in your capabilities in something that needs to be done. You're going to ask for help. And that same Holy Spirit that the Bible is talking about is the same Holy Spirit that lives in you and I if you said yes to Jesus Christ and be filled with his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that dwells in us is the one that wants to help us John 14, verse 26, if you want to turn there, it's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The Bible tells us this, but the helper, the helper, 
the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your, to your remembrance all that I said to you. And so last week we learned that the Holy Spirit is the paraclete, or uh, the Greek word parakletos, and that means to come, as- come alongside, or he's the comforter, the advocate, the one that was sent to help us. Now, the reason why Jesus gave us a helper is because we need help. Makes sense, right? I mean, why would Jesus send us something that we didn't need? Like if he said, you need $20. He, he would send us $20 because we needed $20. He wouldn't send us the person of the Holy Spirit if we didn't need the person of the Holy Spirit. He wouldn't do that. But he said, you're going to need the helper, which tells us whatever we can do on our own and whatever we can do on our own strength, Christ is not so concerned about. His concern is what he wants to accomplish through our life that we cannot do on our own. Now, what can we do on our own? Well, left to ourselves, we fall away from God. Left to ourselves, we sin. Left to ourselves, we do dumb things that we regret later. Left to ourselves, we say things to each other that we only regret after it's been said. Left to ourselves, we go backwards. And so Jesus says, if you just leave it up to yourself, that's the route you're going to go. However, if you want to follow me, because that's your normal tendency, that's, that's your natural uh, progression then if you're going to follow me, you're going to need help. And it's not because you're you're, uh, someone who is is so uh, lost that you cannot even find me. The Bible says if you seek me, you will find me. And sometimes we think, well, I, you know, I'm trying to hear God. I can't follow him. I don't hear him. You know, I, he's not near to me. I can't. And, and so it's almost like we put it on God and we say, God, if you were real, if you were near, then these things would happen. But actually what we're seeking is results and the result of God's blessing rather than God himself. The Bible says if you seek me, you'll find me. Not if you seek my promises. Not if you seek after just what you want from me or if you just need help. He says, no, no, no. You seek after me, you're going to find me. And when you find me, I'll send you help. I'm going to give you help because you need help. Every single person needs help. There's not one person here tonight that does not need help. And we can say, no, 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 I got it all together. My life is all together. It's good. And that's fine. But we still need help. God is still going to release some promises in our lives that we're going to need the Holy Spirit for. The Holy Spirit looks to you and I for that kind of respect back to himself. That he's going to not just unleash God's promises, but he's going to, he's going to help us in sustaining the promises of God. Let's just say God's going God's to bless you with something here in the, in the future, 10 years from now, two years from now, three months from now, whatever it is. You're going to need his help to get there, but you're also going to need his help to sustain you when that promise comes in whatever it would be. And sometimes we're all, we're, we're, we're relying on just the promise of God, but we're not relying on being sustained by God before we get that promise. And we're waiting on that promise to happen, but God is saying, wait a minute, you're not, you're not letting the helper help you get there. So that when you get there, you're not following the result of the blessing. You're following the Holy Spirit's leading. Because if 
if we just want the blessing of God without following the Spirit's leading, what will happen is when God says, okay, here's the blessing, here you go, things are much better, we forget about God. And then we just leave. We don't let the helper help. We just let God's promise come to pass, and then we're happy. God, you saved me. Thank you. Because he's a gracious father. But then we forget about him, and so we're no longer spirit-led. When my children were younger, and they would want to help daddy, they would say, Dad, I want to help. I want to help. And I said, okay, well, we got to move these, these, these piles of wood. And they'll, they'll pick up the wood. But they can't do it by themselves. They're only like three, four years old. So they're trying their very best. And I'll try to help them. And they'll say, no, no, no. I want to do it all by myself. I want to do it all by myself. Or, or they say, I do it. I do it. You want to pour, pour water or pour milk into this? I do, I do it. I do it. And you're thinking, no, you can't, you can't do it right now. But we can do it together. You can do it together. But if they're stubborn, hey, you just let them go. Oh, you want to carry the pile of wood by yourself? Go ahead. You can carry the pile of wood. And then they try their very best, and then they drop it on their toe. And then they cry. And then we're so compassionate. We look at them and we say, see, good for you. I told you I was going to help you. I was going to help you. But no, you want to carry it by yourself. And it's almost like we do that as a lesson. But really what, what we're trying to say to them is, we know you're not able to pick that up, but we can do this together. Even if it's 50 pounds and I carry 49 and a half pounds, you can carry that half pound. We can do that together. That's exactly what Jesus came to bring in the person of the Holy Spirit. He says, yeah, you can do some things. You can maybe do a half a pound, but the Holy Spirit is going to do the rest. You're going to do your, your daily devotions. You're going to open up the Bible and read. You're going to pray. You're going to worship me. You're going to do certain things as a physical thing and, and something tangible. But to do everything by yourself? No, you're not able to. But some of us will say, but I, I do. I do it. I do it. I, I, I do it all by myself. I do it all by myself. And we may not say it, but we, we do all by ourselves because we follow our flesh. That's all by myself. The flesh cannot please God because the flesh is not with God. The spirit is. Spirit begets spirit. Flesh begets flesh. And so when we say, no, I do it all by myself, or I, I know what the Holy Spirit is saying, but I choose otherwise, and then we find ourselves in a situation that we cannot get out of, and it takes a long time to get back to where God wants us to be. See, the Holy Spirit wants to counsel us. The Holy Spirit will counsel you anytime you need that counseling. But the question is, are you listening to the Holy Spirit's leading or are you listening to your flesh in what your flesh wants to do? John chapter 15, verse 26. Jesus says, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. That's what Jesus says. In other words, we can only know Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. It will take the Holy Spirit for us to know Jesus. The Holy Spirit will tell us all about Jesus. So if you're trying to read your Bible and you're saying, I don't, it doesn't make sense, I don't get it, ask the Holy Spirit to help you so that the Holy Spirit can teach you everything about Jesus so that the Holy Spirit will tell you everything about Christ. Everything that the scriptures are trying to teach us we're going to need the Holy Spirit for so that we can understand who Jesus is and what he came to do. He will tell you about Jesus, who he is, 
and what he's all about. Remember years ago when that, uh, that famous saying came out, WWJD? Remember what it stands for? What does it stand for? What would Jesus do? It's a really good question. The problem is many people did not know what Jesus would do. They, they had no clue because they didn't know Jesus. And so we all had the wristbands. We had the shirts, WWJD. And it was like, what is that? What, is, what would Jesus do? What would he do? Hey, blast them. Jesus would blast them. What? Yeah, yeah, he would. But he would pray for them afterwards. Yeah, yeah. What would Jesus do? Oh, Jesus, Jesus would take some shortcuts because, you know, it, it, he needs, if he needs something, then, then he's going to get it because, you know, he can walk on water, so he could do anything. So Jesus, what would Jesus do? I don't know, but I'm going to guess. And so people would just kind of guess what Jesus would do. But when you learn about Jesus Christ, it's not what would Jesus do, which is a great question. The better one is do what Jesus did. See, what would Jesus do says you better know what he would do if you're going to do what he did. But the better statement to make is I'm just going to do what Jesus did. Well, that prompts me to learn what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? Which is where the Holy Spirit comes in. I will need the helper to help me to do what Jesus did. There's no way I can do what Jesus did if I don't have the helper helping me. There's no possible way. We're going to need his spirit to do what he just did. If the spirit is leading you, then even though it's difficult, you're going to feel the spirit leading in a strong way rather than your flesh just saying, no, 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 you do this. It's much easier. No, you're going you're to feel that. It's called being convicted. You're going to feel a conviction. You might even have a chemical reaction. Now listen to this. The way God created us is when you do something you're not supposed to, there's a chemical reaction that is released in your body. It's called adrenaline. Adrenaline is released into your system. Adrenaline is good for focus. That's what it's, it's good for. So when, you, when you're fearful or when you need to like run for your life, it gives you the energy. It gives you, it gives you the, the ability to get focused and to make quicker decisions because that, that chemical is in your system. And so you got to run. you gotta, you got to think. you got to get out of here. So adrenaline is in there. But too much adrenaline, makes, it, can, it can go overboard. And now you don't know how to think because you're so scared and you're so fearful that you freeze and so the Holy Spirit will come in and you'll feel that, we call it butterflies sometimes. You feel, that, not the butterflies that kind of, ooh, look at the girl, butterflies, or the guy. It's not that kind of butterflies. It's the, it's the adrenaline that is being dumped into your system. And you just feel it. Like when you do something wrong and you just feel that. It's like an indication that, okay, there's adrenaline being put into my system. Holy Spirit, What's happening? See, even though you may not recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit, you will recognize a chemical that's released in your body through the way God created you and I. Some of us recognize it as conviction. Some of us will feel it as guilt. Now, here's the difference. Guilt pushes you away from God. Conviction draws you near to God. But you have the same feeling because it's in your flesh, the same feeling. That's why we say don't follow your feelings, follow the Holy Spirit. That feeling is just an indication. It's just an indication to say, okay, something's up. 
Remember when alarms first came out in the cars? When an alarm went off, everybody's like, hey, somebody's stealing your stereo. Everybody comes around the car, check your car, what's happening, what's happening? Now you're, you're down at the restaurant or drinking coffee, you hear an alarm go off. Nobody moves. Nobody even looks around. You don't even know if that's your car. After a while, somebody's like, is that your car? No, I, don't, I never heard my alarm go off before. And no one moves. Well, the guy's in there taking the stereo. He's like, yeah, just take the stereo. Nobody even cares. And no one even moves. I was in a building where the fire alarm is going off and it's blinking. No one's moving. Not even I. We all look around. No more fire, no more fire, no more, fire, no more, no more smoke. And we don't move. See, everyone has the feeling, but no one does anything. Because we don't see anything. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, he's going to show you what the future would look like. Wait a minute. That's, that's more kind of weird stuff. No, no, no. It's not about foretelling the future. It's really about the Holy Spirit saying, you've been here before. You've been here before. You've made that decision before. You went down that road before. I can show you a better future. Yeah, but this is so tempting. Yeah, but you've been down that road already. Let me help you. This is why I came. I came to help you. See, if the Spirit is your captain, if the Spirit is navigating for you, you really don't worry about where you're going to end up. It's like when you jump on an airplane. I very rarely, in fact, I've never heard or seen someone get on their airplane, look at their ticket and say, oh, LA, LAX, okay, we're going to LAX, and walk into the, where the captain is and say, uh, hey, you guys going to LA? Huh? <laughs> let me see, let me see you guys, let me see, let me see the plans. Let me see the itinerary. Let me see, are you sure you're going to LA? Because I don't trust you. You know, I'm going to sit, can I sit right here? Because I got to watch you every step of the way. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. You look a little fishy to me, you with the glasses. I, yeah, you look a little fishy. So I'm going to stay here and I'm going to watch you. And if, if you make a move that I don't agree with, I'm out. I'm out. I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I don't want to follow. We trust the captain. One, we have to because you're on their airplane. But two, there's no reason to not trust the captain. You got on that airplane. You made the reservation. You bought the ticket. If you don't trust him by the time you get on the plane... It's not his fault or her fault, whoever's flying the airplane. Maybe you didn't do your homework correctly. I've heard people get on the wrong airplane. And so they, they, didn't, they, weren't, they weren't on the wrong airplane because of the captain. They were on the wrong airplane because they were misled. They didn't read. They didn't read the right gate. They didn't see the change in the gate. And when the Holy Spirit is your captain, you don't have to worry. Because the captain... The Holy Spirit knows exactly where to take you and I. We were going to Waimea the other day and with our grandchildren. And once we say to them, we're going to go to Jamba, that's their focus. That's, that's, that's where we're going. We're going to Jamba. And so as we're going into town, Heidi says, oh, we need to stop at the bank. And so we take this turn and our grandchildren go, where are you going? I said, we're, we're going to Jamba. No, you're not. I said, how can you tell? I mean, I'm trying to look like, what are you guys looking at? The telephone poles? How can you tell where we're going? What, what are you looking at? I said, no, you're not. I said, no, we're, well, we're going to go to John, but we got to go to the bank. And they get mad. <sighs> I said, no, we got to go to the bank to get money. But then I was thinking, no, that's lying. We're not going to the bank to get money. We're going to the bank to pay our mortgage. So, okay, we're, you know what? We need to stop at the bank to do some things, and then we're going to go to Jamba. 
And then Heidi said, no, we got to go to another place to drop off some things. I'm like, oh, man, we, we should have told them that first. And so when we went to the second place, they said, this is not Jamba. I said, we're going to go to Jamba soon. Just, you got to wait. You got to be patient. And we did end up there. We just went a route that we had to do some things first. They looked at their surroundings, surroundings and made the assessment that we're not going to where we said we're going to go. That's what they did. But we knew exactly where we were going. Even though the surroundings didn't match what they thought it was supposed to look like. So listen very carefully. If you are following the leading of the Holy Spirit and the surrounding that you're in right now doesn't look like how you wanted it to be, trust in the Holy Spirit's leading because you'll get there. You're going to get there. Now, some people would say, oh, no wonder, no wonder, because, um, you know, things are falling apart. You know, I, I, I did some wrong things. I did this and that, this and that. No wonder my surroundings is not what I wanted it to be. But, oh, thanks be to God. Well, that's something completely different. That's called the wages of sin is death. If you're doing something that are, are opposite of God, like how when Jonah ran from God and then got swallowed up by the big fish, you could be in the big fish and say, oh, okay, I'm in this surrounding because this is God's plan for my life. No, God can bring something good out of a bad situation, but he doesn't make a bad situation unless you decided to completely rebel against God. In other words, if God is saying, this is what I'm asking you to do, and you say, ah, but I want to do this, then it's like the Holy Spirit is saying, well, then you're going to have to reap the consequences of which you cannot handle. And so I'm asking you to stay on the straight and narrow. And if we make the decision not to, now we're on our own. But I tell you this, there will come a point that if the Holy Spirit is in you, that you will follow the truth. Because it won't be too long that you will sense that conviction. And two things can happen. One, you sense the conviction and you say, I've got to get back to God. Or two, you, as the Bible says, sear your conscience as with a hot branding iron. That you just numb yourself to not following God anymore. And you just say, well, this is my life. This is where I am. And so this is, this is how it's going to be. And some of us have been down that road. It's not the best way to go. But God says, here, I have a better way. That if you're filled with my spirit, even if you don't agree with my word, at some point, if you follow me, then, then I will reveal to you the spirit of truth. That you're going to be able to now follow me in truth. And the truth will guide you. The spirit of truth will guide you. John 14, 25 through 26, uh, 25 and 26, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. 
He's gonna bring that to remembrance. In other words, you may forget for a little bit. You may follow your flesh for a little bit, but the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance all things that he said to you. My prayer is not that we follow our flesh and then we say, oh, I'm just building my testimony. I'm just, I'm just building my testimony for the Lord. But that we would say no to the flesh and then, Lord, this is your spirit guiding me. I want to say yes to your spirit. Even though this decision is, is going to be a difficult one, even though I know what I need to do, i got to follow your spirit. Because this way in following the flesh does not end up well. It will only lead to death. Death of the spirit, death of a dream, death of potential. But the spirit's way is life. Tonight we're going to pray and we're going to pray specifically for just one area, one area in our life that we're asking the Holy Spirit to lead us in. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and then what we're going to do is we're just going to sing together for the Holy Spirit to do something great in us. And I tell you this, when you trust the captain, the Holy Spirit, even though our surrounding may not look the best, his leading will get us there. His leading will guide us. Sometimes we just need the spirit of truth to show us the way. And the Bible says when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Would you bow your heads with me and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, as we learn more about the person of the Holy Spirit, we know that you, Lord, will help us to understand, to let the helper help us. So, Father, send us the Holy Spirit. And right now, Holy Spirit, we just pray that our hearts would be open to you, that your word would fill us afresh, that you, O oh God, would show us that one specific area that could help us. Lord, we know that you alone are worthy of praise. We know that you alone can help us in that one specific area, whatever it would be. You'll bring it to our, our attention. You'll bring it to our mind. It could be our relationships. It could be our finances. It could be our personal walk with you. It could be a decision that we've made. It could be an addiction. It could be temptation. It could be our children, our parents, a loved one. It could be hurt or pain. But you want to guide us. You want to help us. And so, Lord, we ask for the helper to help us. Sometimes we'll have the feeling, but that's just an indication. It's not what we follow. We follow your spirit. We trust that you will guide us. Nothing compares to you. No, nothing will help us the way you do. And so by the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask that you would fill us afresh, fill our spirits, so that we can be spirit-filled and spirit-led. We say no to the flesh. All the things that drag us down, the, the carnal mind, the way we think that is natural to man rather than the Spirit's leading Lord, when we go to work, when we go to school, when we're at our homes, when we're driving, 
when we're at a restaurant, when we're traveling, wherever we may go, Lord, your spirit is always there with us. We, may not sear, we, we won't sear our conscience, but what we'll do is we'll be led by your spirit so that we can do what Jesus did. Help us to be in your word so that we can understand what you did so that we could follow you. Guide us and make us more like you. Show us the way, Lord. Show us the truth. Show us the life. And help us, Lord, to remember that you will always bring to remembrance everything that you have said and everything that you have done. It is only through the Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name.